NFC North this week, the Kings of the North, as some would call it, uh, the self-proclaimed Kings of the North of the Green Bay Packers. The Minnesota Vikings printed a couple shirts out about that a couple months ago. The Monsters of the Midway in Chicago and the Detroit Motor City Kittens up there in Detroit. Will they bounce back in 2022 is the big question. But before we jump into the show, I need you to do one thing. Well, two things. But first, go to playerprofiler.com, the top of the screen. In the info bar, click Fantasy Draft Kit. You got to smash that button and you got to click Get It Now. Team Insights, Player Analysis, Cheat Sheets for every format, including Underdog. Use that promo code Underworld for a deposit match bonus up to $100. Auction Drafts, PPR, Non PPR, Superflex, Traditional. It's all in there. Many, many hours grinded out by Mike Randall, Dario Ofstein, Uncle Frankie, and a ton of the friends from the Underworld doing player videos, Team Insights. There's just. Uh, an abundance of information, top 300 uh, for your seasonal drafts. Go get the world-famous draft kit on playerprofiler.com now. Start drafting. Get it now. Get it now. Get it now. The second thing, this show is brought to you by Prediction Strike, so go over to Prediction Strike. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD to get a free player share with a deposit of $20 or more. I literally just deposited $30. And again tonight, so last week I talked about McCall Hardman. As being a criminal value, I just deposited thirty dollars and I just bought twenty more shares of. You're gonna have to wait. You have to wait ten more minutes, and then and then I'll tell you who I bought ten more shares of. But tonight, let's start out with the Detroit Lions. Obviously, the team that's been the basement of the NFC North for a while now. They bring in Motor City Dan Campbell. They got Jared Goff. Everyone thought they were gonna replace him with like this Malik Willis guy from Liberty that I thought was pretty awesome, but. Never bit into that Detroit Lions news of him taking him number two overall, so they did not. They took Aiden Hutchinson in the NFL draft. Over the last two years, Jared Goff, 494 attempts in 14 games in 2021, 552 in 15 games in 2020. At the wide receiver position last year, they had Amon Ross St. Brown. He ran 481 routes. He had 119 targets, 119. That's key because they only had 37 vacated targets in this entire offense. And your question as well, well, they brought in Jamison Williams, and they brought us. In, they brought in DJ Chark. Yeah, but the the problem is, 119 targets go to Monroe St. Brown. That connection is built. 78 targets go to DeAndre Swift. That connection is built. 83 go to TJ Hawkinson. That connection is built. Even Brock Wright had 17. Josh Reynolds had 49. They bring Jamison Williams in, who we're going to project to miss probably the first four games. I would say maybe five. DJ Chark is coming off an ankle injury. We think he's going to be that stretch guy on the outside. I think he starts from day one, DJ Chark. Jamison Williams, more of a dynasty play here. But the one thing I would say, and I was not high on DeAndre Swift last year. Um, I'm going to continue to not be ahead of consensus on DeAndre Swift. I will have you know a 10 to 15% uh, exposure on underdog for DeAndre Swift. I have him in a couple of seasonal leagues, but I'm not going to be well ahead on DeAndre Swift because of that injury proneness that he has. Obviously, there's a couple running backs there. Jamal Williams had 153 carries last year. Jamar Jefferson had 15 carries and, and five targets. And whilst he was in the in the games and not hurt, you know, he had the highest touchdown rate among all these running backs. 
DeAndre Swift, 151 carries. Jamal Williams, 153. 78 targets for Swift, 28 for Jamal Williams. I do think Williams will continue to be a thorn in the side of Swift. Uh, you look at DeAndre Swift from a, a you know an advanced metric standpoint, number five in yards created last year after Taylor, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift. Routes run, he was up there as well, 297, with just a 4% slot rate, but he was top 15 in routes run. I like DeAndre Swift in 2022. I'm not going to be ahead of consensus, but this is going to be the one guy that I will be targeting in this offense. He's going off the board in the middle of the second round, an underdog right now. I think you can uh, confidently click the button on DeAndre Swift. But everybody else in this offense, I'm out on. I think Jared Goff, he's going to get opportunities. You look at last year uh, from an advanced metric standpoint for the quarterbacks, clean pocket, completion percentage, number two overall in the NFL. He's got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, uh, anchored by Frank Ragnow, anchored by Penny Sewell, anchored by just a bunch of young dogs on that offensive line up there in Detroit. Play action, number 14th overall, eighth in true completion percentage. He's going to spread the ball around. It's just going to be more so, is it Hawkinson, is it Amon Ra, or is it Swift? I don't think you can expect a ton out of Jamison in year one. I think that's a known thing. Um, but yeah, Detroit, overwhelmingly just not the team I really want to target other than DeAndre Swift because you're still playing along with that, in quotes, bad team corollary. It's still Detroit. They still have to learn how to win. I still think they're they're missing a few pieces on this offense to bring it completely together, but it's close. It's very, very, very close. The Podfather loves the over on win total for Detroit. He thinks they're going to be an above 500 team. I think they're going to be close. I think they win seven games. I think you can confidently say that, but I don't think they're a 10-win team. I don't even think they have that as an upside in 2022, just given what the rest of the division has to offer. Let's move on to the Chicago Bears. This is where it gets really interesting because there's so many vacated targets and there's not a lot of talent. There's not a lot of talent in the receiver room for the Chicago Bears. We got Darnell Mooney with 513 routes last year with 140 targets, a whopping 140 targets. But when you look at Justin Fields' stats last year, 270 pass attempts through 12 games. You extrapolate that over 17 games, that's 425. Obviously, we want to see a little bit more closer to that 500 range, 494 for Jared Goff last year. Uh, you're talking about 425 for Justin Fields in comparison to a, a Kirk Cousins who threw for 560, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers who f- threw for 531. This team's not going to be in games uh, to the point where they're going to be running so much that Justin Fields can't throw. So I'm expecting over 500 attempts coming from Justin Fields down there in Chicago as long as he stays healthy and on the field. Obviously, that is the number one goal. Outside of Darnell Mooney with that 140 targets, it's Byron Pringle. He had 60 targets last year in Kansas City. They bring in Valus Jones, a rookie from Tennessee, a 60-year guy that finally broke out uh, after failing at USC. Equinamia St. Brown had 17 targets for the Green Bay Packers last year. I think Daz Newsom is an incredible guy to target uh, at those, you know, I'm not saying an underdog, but I'm saying in like those super deep uh, seasonal leagues where you're maybe drafting 30, 35 rounds. A uh, 5'11", 190-pound receiver from North Carolina. This will be his second year in the league. He didn't do much of anything last year. Two for 23 on five targets. But again, we're talking about a, 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 an offense that lost a lot of pieces. Allen Robinson, 66 targets. Marquise Goodwin, 60. Demir Bird, 38. Jimmy Graham, 23. Across the board, the wide receiver position, they lost a ton of guys. It's Darnell Mooney. It's Byron Pringle at the number two. Bayless Jones is projected to come in right away, but when has he ever shown that he could come in right away and do anything? Even in his fifth year, in his first year at Tennessee, he couldn't do anything. So Bayless Jones, Equinamia St. Brown comes in, again, didn't do anything in Green Bay. Can he take that next step up in Chicago? I really doubt it. Daz Newsom, 
second year in this offense, Dante Pettis, David Moore, a couple of guys that have just kind of jumped around from roster to roster. David Moore obviously set, spent time in Seattle behind Tyler Lockett, Freddie Swain. Swain eventually beat him out uh, while they split split targets a couple seasons ago as that number three in Seattle. The running back position, it gets a little more, a little less interesting, I guess you could say, because there's less guys there. Uh, Montgomery, 225 carries, 51 targets. I think he's going to be the 70% bell cow in this offense. Khalil Herbert, 103 carries, 16 targets. One of the best, one of the best satellite backup running backs in the NFL. We saw what happened last year when Montgomery missed time. Khalil Herbert can pay off immensely in fantasy football. And then after Khalil Herbert's when it gets really interesting, obviously, right, because Tariq Cohen's gone. Tariq Cohen's not going to be back. Devastating just overall life situation with Tariq Cohen. But they bring in Darrington Evans, right? Darrington Evans had two carries, two targets. Obviously, we asked, me and, me and Alex Dunlap are joking, uh, asking the Vable and John Robinson about him. And, and John Robinson famously goes, what? He didn't play. What? He didn't play. And then two weeks later, he's cut. Two weeks later, he's cut. He goes to the Chicago Bears. I don't really see a world where Tristan Ebner struggles to beat out Darrington Evans. 149 carries last year. Tristan Ebner had 28 targets at Baylor. Uh, he's he's a better athlete than Darrington Evans is. He's kind of a clone to what Khalil Herbert was. I know it's a different coach staff, different front office, but it's a literal clone situation to what Khalil Herbert dealt with at Virginia Tech coming from Kansas and then breaking out that last year. But Tristan Ebner, from an athletic standpoint, everything matches up with the Khalil Herbert. I think they're going to roll up Montgomery as the number one and then just switch off Khalil Herbert and Tristan Ebner as that backup satellite guy to try to keep everybody healthy. Now is when it gets fun. We talked about all the receivers, right? It's Mooney, it's Pringle. After that, it's really just who's going to be that third guy that takes a step up. Is it Daz? Is it Velas? What's it going to be? I don't really care. I don't really give a shit. If Darnell Mooney gets his 150 targets, I'm going to be ecstatic. You want to talk about Darnell Mooney being one of the most underrated players in the NFL right now? I'm there for you. When you look at prospects in the first two seasons in the NFL from a target, from a reception standpoint, most targets in the NFL in the first two seasons, number one, obviously, is Justin Jefferson when 292. This is all-time talk right now. Odell Beckham, 288. Larry Fitzgerald, 280. AJ Green, 279. The top end, the upper echelon. But then even if you come down a little bit more, Darnell Mooney is sitting there at number 27 overall with 238 targets. 27th overall in targets in his first two seasons in the NFL. Some guys that are around him that you know maybe are okay. Juju, 245, Kelvin Johnson, 243, Frank Sanders, 239, Deshaun Jackson, 237, Deontay Johnson, 236. Oh, listen to these ones. Torrey Holt, 236, Marvin Harrison, 235. Same body type as Marvin Harrison, Torrey Holt, Deshaun Jackson. I think you're going to be A-OK drafting you some Darnell Mooney. I have a little bit of worry um, that he can be that true number one in this offense, but the connection with Justin Fields will be everything. Are they working to the next level this offseason? 22nd overall all-time in receptions through his first two seasons next to Terry McLaurin, 145, Mike Evans, 142, DJ Moore, 142, DK, 141. You're talking about all the dudes right now, and and Darnell Mooney is not getting drafted in that same range as some of the names I just listed off. You're talking about Mike Evans. It, Darnell Mooney going off 62nd overall in underdog right now, promo code Underworld. 5'10", 176 pounds. I don't see a world where Mooney doesn't at least match what he did last year, and he was wide receiver 23 overall, so I think you're getting him there. And, and now Allen Robinson's officially out of the way. It's his third year. He can take that next step. He can take that true, you know, be the actual what we expected out of Terry McLaurin. I, I love me some Darnell Mooney, but even Darnell Mooney isn't the best value in this offense because that goes to Cole Komet. Cole Komet is the best 
and the biggest undercovered op in this offense right now. Cole Komet's value is atrocious on underdog. Let's start at the top right now. Most targets in a season without a touchdown. Cole Komet, 93 in 2021, is the most all-time from the tight end position. Mercedes Lewis is number 285 all-time. He's 23.2 years old. He was picked 2.11 in the NFL draft, and he had a 17.7% target share in 2021. 11th, 11th among tight ends. Fifth among tight ends in slot snaps, 17th among tight ends in uh, yak per target. Uh, is ADP on underdog 147th overall, tight end 17. He's dropped 14 spots overall over the last 30 days. He's going in around 13 on underdog. I can't even tell you how many times I've drafted Cole Komet as my number one tight end and how many times I've gotten sniped by you know 10 picks because somebody else is targeting him the same way. The other one I wanted to say to do with Cole Komet. And this is the one I just went on to prediction strike. If you're watching on YouTube, check it out, youtube.com. Search player profile. You can see you successfully bought 20 shares of Cole Komet. I'll tell you why I did that. I went over to prediction strike, use that promo code underworld, put in 20 bucks. Voila, you get a free player share. And then with that 20 bucks, you're going to go buy all the Cole Komet shares, 79 cents a share. With these top end tight ends going in the eight, nine, 10, 11 dollar range, Cole Komet will boom. And I, I will say it right now today, at some point in the season, he'll be worth five, six dollars a share. Call my shot right now today. Cole Komet will be worth five, six dollars a share. That's a hundred percent return on value. Uh, uh 79 cents a share on prediction strike is, is, is atrocious value right now. You gotta go get him. And, and again, I don't I don't really have a lot to say. Cole Komet is the year three boom that you're looking for. Top 15 and all the important metrics on playerprofiler.com. Third year breakout is exactly what you're talking about right here. Fifth in slot snaps, 14th in routes run, 10th in target rate. Top 15 literally across the board everything. Red zone targets, target quality rating, deep targets, every target, everything on the board he's top 10 in. And you know who one year ago was in the same situation coming off of a 63, 615, and four touchdown season? 63, 615, and four was Dalton Schultz. Cole Komet's season, the reason nobody's talking about him, 600, 612, zero touchdowns, like I just said before. Most targets all time in the season by a tight end with no touchdowns. The reason Cole Komet's not getting any discussion because he doesn't have those touchdowns. Dalton Schultz had them entering 2022, and then he caught eight. Then Dalton Schultz caught eight and finished as tight end three. Cole Komet will finish as a top six tight end in 2022. Calling it right here today on Undercovered Ops. It is June 3rd, and Cole Komet's going to finish top five. That's a guarantee you can take that shit to the bank. Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to try to keep this one, um, you know, a little center, little center. There's no bias here. There's no, there's no, there's no Viking. There's no Viking bobbleheads, right? There's no Randy Moss and, and Adrian Peterson bobbleheads behind me or anything like that. So you don't got to worry about that. Justin Jefferson comes in 167 targets, 586 routes. Obviously we saw Adam Thielen come in last year, take a little bit of a dip down with some injuries, 95 targets on 417 routes run after coming back from a season before that we had 108 targets and 74 receptions. Thielen has had a tough time staying healthy in the lineup since 2018. You remember that year that he averaged 19 points per game and, and, and was eighth in uh, the fantasy football world from the wide receiver position. The last five years, 10th, 8th, 42nd, 11th, 14th. So he's kind of climbing back out of that lull, but he is 32 years old. A lot of people are kind of writing him off. 
His value is in the same range as Darnell Mooney. I prefer Darnell Mooney to Adam Thielen, but I do think Adam Thielen is a solid value at this point. At this point, if Mooney is gone again, 67, 726, and 10 touchdowns. Adam Thielen has 24 touchdowns over the last two years. Oh, and the Vikings just let Tyler Conklin walk. The current tight end room is Irv Smith and Johnny freaking Munt, who had one target in the LA Rams offense last year, which coach with coach Kevin O'Connell as the offensive coordinator. So clearly Johnny Munt isn't going to catch any damn footballs. They got a couple of rookies, uh, Nick Muse. They got a second year guy and Zach Davidson guys that have done next to zilch in their careers at the college level or NFL level. Back to receiver, K.J. Osborne, 82 targets last year, 472 routes. K.J. is going to continue to be that downfield target that you saw winning games and taking over random times, 3 for 80 and a touchdown here, 3 for 80 touchdown there. Maybe he wins the game on a 12-yard out against Carolina Panthers if not doing anything all day. K.J. Osborne is going to continue to be a mainstay in this offense. My worry is they just signed Elbert Wilson, who had 39 targets last year, and you're saying, Elbert Wilson, why, Cody, why are you worried about Elbert freaking Wilson? It's not that I'm worried about Albert Wilson. It's more that I'm worried about Amir Smith-Marset and Adam Thielen because that's the role that Wilson's going to play. He's going to play that slot role. He's going to play where Smith-Marset and Thielen are playing. And my worry is why did they bring Wilson in if these guys aren't ready? Because we think Jalen Naylor is probably going to be playing that role behind K.J. Osborne. Ola B.C. Johnson is going to play behind Justin Jefferson. And Albert Wilson... I think it's coming in for insurance because Adam Thielen obviously hasn't stayed healthy the last few years. Amir Smith-Marset had that one big game at the end of last season against the Bears. But will Smith-Marset take that next step? The podfather thinks so. So if you're in on that, hit that button. But again, I'm just a little worried uh, when it comes to the Albert Wilson talk. From vacated target standpoint, like I said, 87 from Conklin, 15 from Day-Day, and 7 from Chris Herndon. At the running back position, Dalvin Cook, 249 carries. 49 targets. Alexander Madison, 134 carries, 39 targets. I think you continue to see Alexander Madison bite in slowly uh, to this share from Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook should probably end up still over north of 200 touches, north of 200 carries, uh, and around that 40 to 50 target range if that's what the Vikings want to continue to do. O'Connell came out last week saying that Delvin Cook is the you know, the vocal leader in this team. I think that's a, a, a true statement, obviously, because it, it's time for Delvin to take that next step, right? He's coming off of a couple of great seasons, 1,100 yards, 1,550 rushing yards, 1,100 yards again. It, it's time for him to bounce back after after two top two seasons in fantasy football. After last year, he dropped out to be a top 10 guy after missing a few games. He hasn't played a full season in his career. 4, 11, 14, 14, and 13 games played. Obviously, we know how tough it is on running backs to play in the NFL. But if you look at the injuries since 2019, AC joint, left shoulder sprain, groin, ankle, torn labrum, dislocated shoulder. The injury after injury uh, from Delvin Cook in his NFL career, it's just it's it's tough to see. But that makes Alexander Madison the value and the guy that you should be, like I talked about earlier with Khalil Herbert. Alexander Madison's in that same conversation uh, with Khalil Herbert, with Tony Pollard, with A.J. Dillon and guys like that. Kenny and Wangu also in this offense, 13 carries, 5 targets last year. Continues to be that special teams ace is what the, the goal is there. Ty Chandler, we'll see if he makes the team. And then Bryant Kobach. Podfather's talking about Bryant Kobach a lot. I think that's a continue to be a guy you should be targeting um, in dynasty and taxi squads. Is wait for him to get cut because, like you said, this this offensive running back room is loaded in Minnesota. And I, I Kobach's Kobach's a very interesting prospect from Toledo that I, I really want to see get an opportunity. I'm just there, there's there's no opportunity here. 
the only thing you want in Minnesota, I mean, Cousins is going to throw the ball 550 times again. Justin Jefferson is going to get his probably 180 targets just because he's the feature guy. Adam Thielen is going to bounce back a little bit. And then we're going to see KJ Osborne continue to do KJ Osborne things. The biggest question mark on this entire team, we talked about tied in with the Chicago Bears, is good old Irv Smith. Obviously, everyone year after year, it feels like the last four off seasons, right? feels like Irv Smith actually has been around for like four or five years. He's actually been around for, for three, and he missed the entire of last year. Um, but it feels like he's a buy low every single year, right? He's going off the board 141 right now on an underdog, and, and, and it's, 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 it's a weird – it's a weird career arc for Irv Smith when it comes to binding selling because it feels like it's up and down and up and down and up and down. It's funny. We just talked about Cole Komet and, and Cole Komet just had no touchdowns last year and 600 yards, 60 catches, you know, almost a hundred targets tight end 17. Irv Smith is tight end 16. What are we doing? What are we doing with Irv Smith right here? 311 yards as a, as a rookie, 365 in 2020, and then didn't take a single snap last year, obviously because he was injured uh, before the season even kicked off with that meniscus tear. Again, I don't. I'm not there on Irv Smith. The the one reason you could convince me, but I'm not. I'm still I'm still taking Cole Komet every single time over him. Second round, he hasn't turned 24 yet. He's still got that athleticism. He's a little undersized. But the Vikings didn't bring in another tight end. He's going to be using that Higby, that Everett role that O'Connell used with the LA Rams. You obviously have the two top dogs with Thielen and Jefferson. If Osborne gets hurt, if if Emir Smith gets hurt, if one of the running backs goes down and they're more of a pass-centric offense, you're going to see Irv Smith playing out there in the slot a lot. 15% rate in 2020 when he was healthy. I Irv Smith is interesting, but again, I'm not going to be hitting that button. In Minnesota, it's Jefferson, it's Cook, it's Jefferson, it's Cook, it's Jefferson, it's Cook. Let's move to Green Bay. It's going to be a lot of the same conversation that we just had with the Minnesota Vikings. There's not a lot of uh, deep, deep interest that I have here. We've seen a lot of uh, camp BS talk from Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs, the, the great receiver from Nevada, Romeo Dubs. Get the... Get out of here with this Romeo Dubs shit. I've been watching Romeo Dubs for for a while. And when guys like Romeo Dubs have good camps, I just sit back and laugh because it's one of the situations where you go, it ain't it. It ain't it. I've seen it multiple times. The Senior Bowl gives terrible interviews. He has terrible practices. He can't get off press. He's slow. He's lackadaisical. He's a, he's a clasher. Nobody talks highly of him. He can't beat out any of these guys. We talked about it before the senior bowl. Which one of these dudes is going to take that next step? This dude had a teammate in Cole Turner there, a quarterback in Carson Strong there, and he couldn't do jack shit. He had one nice catch on the right sideline during the whole entire week. Romeo Dubs was not a winner at the senior bowl. Then we go to the NFL Combine, and this guy's like next to Isaiah Spiller. Again, the worst interviewer there. Horrible. As far as conversation goes, as far as upside goes, it's just like the lazy, you know, my uncle would always call us toilet face. He'd be like, toilet face, because you'd walk around and it's like you didn't have anything going on between your eyes. You're just like, what's up? I'm here. And he, toilet face, what are you doing? That's what Romeo Dubs reminds me of is the toilet face. It's just like nothing is going on in between there. He's thinking about, you know, when you have conversations with the Brees Halls, when you have conversations with the Justin Jeffersons, the DK Metcalfs, it's always about attack, alpha, this, bang, 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 bang. Devonta Adams, same thing. Christian Watson. Christian Watson talking about 
watching Julio Jones, watching Mike Evans growing up and, and playing football in Tampa. That's where, where Christian Watson's from. He's talking about you know learning from those greats, always wanting to be the most athletic player in the building. And then you go talk to Romeo Dubs, and he's just like, so what are you doing? And and then at the NFL Combine, again, like I said, the bad interviews, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't run. He doesn't test. Jack shit. I'm going to do it in my pro day. He doesn't. My favorite one was all these receivers, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, we're not going to bench. We're not going to do all this. Romeo Dubs just walked up there instead of saying, I'm not going to bench. I'm going to do it on my pro day. He walks up and he goes, I'm fatigued and I got a stomach flu. And he walks away. I, I, I can't even tell you how many times I'm going to see these, these, these tweets on, on Twitter. And then I'm just going to close my phone, get up, walk away and smile. It's going to make my day every single time I see one of these camp highlights from Romeo Dubs because he's playing against fucking air. He's playing against fucking air. And you're saying, oh, Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs. When he when he's getting locked up by Eric Stokes and Jair in, in practice, and they're like, Romeo Dubs doesn't look that great in practice anymore. That's because he's playing against real talent. Real talent. You want to throw a dart on a, on a receiver in this in this Green Bay receiving room that's deep? It's Samori Torre. He hasn't done anything. But he's 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 more alive and he's more there. He's not going to do anything right now. We've seen all the Dubs bullshit. But Samori Torre, I'm not going to click that button. But let's let's start over with this Green Bay shit. Alan Lazard last year, 379 routes, 60 targets in this offense. Again, 248 vacated targets in this offense. 170 from Devonte Adams, 55 from MVS, and 17 from Equinemius St. Brown, who's now on the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers, 531 attempts. In 2021, 526 in 2020. He's going to stay around that 530 range you'd expect, except Devonta Adams is gone, like I said, and they've lost almost half, almost half of their targets. El Lazard, does he take that next step up? Does he jump from 60 to 120? Does he jump from 60 to 140? That is the big question. I think Alan Lazard continues to be that number one guy in this offense, whether it is for one week or for or for all 16 weeks. I think Alan Lazard is going to be the number one guy in this offense. 60, 46, 52 from the targets the last four, three years, 400, 400, 500 in the receiving uh, aspect. And he caught eight touchdowns last year after three of the last previous two. Alan Lazard is going to start and be your ex, your main target out here. Sammy Watkins, remember last year when he was on the field, when he was targeted, he did catch the ball, 49 targets, uh, 230 routes. For the Baltimore Ravens last year, I think you're going to see him come out, kind of be that stretch guy until Christian Watson can eventually take over for him. And then on the inside, you got Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers. I think that's where he's going to focus a lot of his attention is with Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers. I think right now, when you see the starting lineup pop out, it's going to be Alan Lazard, it's going to be Sammy Watkins, it's going to be Randall Cobb. But I think the goal in Green Bay uh, by about week four, week five, is to see Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, and Amari Rogers roll out as the three guys. From Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to say that. He's going to want Watkins and Cobb out there the whole season. But from an internal front office perspective, they're going to want to see Watson and Amari Rodgers on the field early and often. So for that reason, you know, Randall Cobb's going in the last round. Amari Rodgers is going in the last round as well. 214.4 on underdog upsets the last round overall. 22 and a half years old, third round pick, 212 pounds. He fits near the archetype. He's a little heavy for the archetype, but he fits in that, that same Debo Samuel uh, kind of build. I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel by any means. Obviously, he runs a 4-5-7 40-yard dash. He's not that athlete. Best comparable to Lynn Bowden, though, so he's kind of like a, a broke dick version of Debo and, and being Lynn Bowden. Amari Rogers, though, is a massive screaming buy in Dynasty. I would go out there and click that button because Cobb doesn't have a lot left on the tread. 
And as long as Rodgers is in Green Bay, I think Rodgers will be playing in the slot. And I think that's going to be a main target, as you see over there going for the next few years. But my favorite player to draft from the Green Bay Packers, and I hate the Green Bay Packers with all of my heart, is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was RB11 last year. He's 27 and a half years old. I think this is the last season that we're going to get that full Aaron Jones experience. And I think it's going to be even going to be extrapolated from what we can even imagine, right? We got AJ Dillon in there. He comes in with 187 carries in 2021. Aaron Jones, 171. 65 targets for Aaron Jones, 37 for AJ Dillon. He had he caught more balls. He ran the ball more. Everyone's like, this is AJ Dillon's backfield. He's cracking 200 carries this year. He's cracking 40 targets. AJ Dillon's gonna do it. I got news, fellas. Kylan Hill got hurt. Tyler Goodson came as an undrafted guy. Aaron Jones is gonna Aaron Jones is gonna push 80 receptions in 2022. He's gonna do it. I I don't care who you are. He's gonna crest. He's he's gonna push that 80 reception. He had 65 targets last year. He had 52 catches, 80% catch rate, 13th in the NFL. Aaron Jones will touch or crest that 80 reception area. They're going to use him in the slot. Uh, this just goes with it, right? 248 vacated targets. They have to go somewhere as the expectation, right? Are you going to throw 100 of them to Watkins, 100 of them to Watson, and 100 of them to Cobb? No, that's not how it's going to work. It's going to get spread out across the field to everybody. Lazard's going to get a couple here, here, here. Aaron Jones is going to be playing a lot more in the slot than anybody in the world is expecting right now. And I think that right there will be the number one advantage you can take at the wide receiver position. 6.67% slot rate uh, from Aaron Jones. 255 routes run. That is top 10 in the NFL. Talking about got in the range of of Elvin Kamara's, Jonathan Taylor's, Joe Mixon's. uh, In that range, I think Aaron Jones will continue, continue the last few years RB13 on a, on a points per game average in 2019, number four in 2020, number 11 in 2021, playing 15 games and, and dropping down 30 more rush attempts. Again, 2019, 236 carries, down to 201 in 2020, down to 171 in 2021. I don't care if he drops down to 141 this year and A.J. Dillon sees 200 carries. Aaron Jones will touch 80 receptions in 2022. Fucking air, and you're saying, "Oh, Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs, 